If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in the book of Colossians and chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 and the Word of God this morning. And I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, Finding Stability in an Unstable World. Amen. Finding Stability in an Unstable World. World. We're going to read Colossians 2 verses 6 through 10 this morning to get us launched down in the direction I believe God wants to take us this morning. Colossians 2 verse 6. As you have re, uh, therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. Amen. Finding stability in an unstable world. Paul is writing to the church, uh, and he is addressing uh, a very important issue this morning that you and I need to take notice of. And the underlying thought here is stability. And how many know this morning we live in a very unstable world? Amen. This is probably one of the most unstable times in human history. The word stability means this, defined in the dictionary, the state or quality of being stable. It means firmness in position. It means continuance without change. There's definition and says this, uh, to make firm, to establish, to confirm, or to make sure. And one of the things that is true about the day and hour in which we live uh, is that everything seems to be unstable. Everything seems to be unsure. Uh, instability seems to be ruling the day. And because people don't understand this, how important stability is, they simply gloss over it. They don't even understand what is happening. But there's a very powerful and spiritual assault against faith. And we're going to look at this this morning. But it all begins with the undermining of stability in the world. I want to look with you first at understanding stability. All of creation is built on this principle of stability. Why? Because God is stable. Amen. I mean, no, God doesn't have an identity crisis. He's not uh, uh, unstable. He is a stable God. And because of that, everything he produces is based in stability. Amen. When something's stable, listen to me, it gives us confidence. Amen. When it is stable, we have confidence in it, and confidence allows us 
to have faith. And this is why stability is important, especially concerning God. If our God is not stable, then we cannot have faith in him. But see, God is a God of stability. That's why we can have faith in him. God is all about stability, and he declares this in his word. In Malachi, for example, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, he says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Amen. How I many know we can't make that statement? And twofold, first of all, we're not the Lord, and secondly of all, we do change. Amen. And so man is unstable, and so he begins to project that onto God. But see, God is stability. He says, I'm the Lord, I change not. And what that means is we can have confidence in God. It is a reference point. It's not going to change unlike the world in which we live. You know, it's interesting now, because of the online technology that they're actually beginning to redefine words, you know, at a pace they could not do before. You know, before you had to have it, you had a physical dictionary, it was a book. And they had to print this. And so to change the meaning of a word uh, was a great expense and a great time. You couldn't just uh, change a word. But today, because of online dictionaries, even the Webster's Dictionary online, they can go in at the drop of a hat and change the definition of a word. And that changes how society looks. You know, for example, they want it and they change the definition of what it means to be a woman. They just go and click it and there it is. Everybody looks up. That's what it means now. But before when you had a physical dictionary, you couldn't do that. It was a stability to the word. This word meant something and you could count on that throughout the generations. But today, they can change it all the click of a mouse. So we have no stability. But God is making known, I'm stable. Hallelujah. He is the definition of the word stable. So what does it mean to be stable? God's stable. He is stability. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Is that what Jesus said? Everything he does is built on the principle of stability. We see it in everything that God did. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Stability. In other words, listen, those things, we can still count on them today, right? You and I are still upon planet earth, amen, over 2,000 years later, amen. It is stable. God made it. He made it in the understanding and the principle of stability. The heavens await for you and I. God made them. There's stability. They're not perishing. They're not faltering. They are there. Genesis 1.27 So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he man. Male and female created he them. There's a stability there. This does not change. Oh, I know man in his dictionary has redefined what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, and the word transing this and we're transing that. But there's a stability in God's word. God says, I mean men and women. This is stable. It does not change. Despite what man says. It was a great shame <coughs> that you really can't even trust a dictionary anymore. Think about the young people that are growing up now. 
And they don't, they don't have a physical dictionary. Everything they do is online. So they go online and they get these definitions that have been totally shifted and changed. And that's why they can't process the gospel message. They have a different understanding of what words mean. They have no stability. Uh, there's nothing locked down. Everything's subject to change according to man. But God says, I made them men and women. That's stable. That does not change in the eyes and the mind of God. That's simply the way it is. <clears throat> so there is a problem uh, throughout uh, the issue of stability. Uh, but the problem isn't stability itself. The problem is man's view of stability. See? We don't see the divine principle in stability. We see it... Uh, Humanity sees stability as a hindrance, as a restriction, as a loss of freedom, and is hindering our, our ability to fully experience life. <laughs> this is what Adam and Eve saw. Think about it. In the garden, God, see, everything God does he, is stable. <clears throat> and he said in the garden, you can eat from every tree except that tree, how many knew that was a stable commandment? It wasn't going to change. It wasn't going to be able to redefine. But Adam and Eve, amen, began to look at this stability as something that was hindering their ability to fully experience life. So where did they get that philosophy from? Well, the Bible says they got it in Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, when they're talking to the serpent. I mean, it's not a good idea to talk to a serpent. <laughs> amen. Probably better off talking to a politician. Well, maybe that's the same thing. Amen. But uh, it's not good to talk to a serpent. Genesis 3, 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And what he's saying to her is, listen, that stability stuff, that, that is stopping you from experiencing all of life, Eve. Oh, if you guys would just get rid of that stability and go beyond that. Oh, there's so much waiting for you. Your eyes will be, you'll have the full experience of life that God's trying to keep you from. This is the philosophy right from the pit of hell. That stability is a hindrance. How many know this morning that stability gives us confidence? We know what the rules are. We know what the parameters are. We know that it's going to be that way from now on. But here's the devil saying, that stability stuff, man, is going to hinder you. It's God trying to keep you from experiencing the fullness of life. So isn't it interesting that while they were, while stability was intact, while they weren't eating from that tree, while God's stability was in place, the garden was a tremendous place. Nothing but blessing. Turn on the news in the garden, hey man, more blessing and more blessing and everything's growing and well, good news. But the moment they cast off the stability, well we're going to go beyond what God has said. We're going to remove that stability. We're 
not going to let that hinder us. We want to experience the fullness of life. Isn't that what the saying is? Grab all the gusto you can grab. So they cast off the stability of God. And we see what it produces in the first generation. Cain murders Abel. Because they were being raised in a generation where stability had been cast aside. And the result of that is always tragic because when there's no stability, instability begins to rule and all bets are off. There's nothing defined, but everyone does what is right in their own sight. And this is what you and I are living in today. We live in a very unstable world. So we have to have stability. You know, it wasn't until mankind understood that the stars were stable, but then they were able to traverse the seas safely. Before that, they meant traveling by boat, they meant it was just a hazard, they meant because they didn't have compasses, they didn't know how to get to point A to point B, it was just a launch out, let's see what's out there. But when they began to understand that the stars were fixed, and that you could navigate that. They begin to invent the sextant. And so you can begin to navigate by the stars. And they were able to go many places and discover many things. But all of that is based on the stability of what God did. Hallelujah. Genesis 1.16. And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule by day. And the lesser light to rule by night. He made the stars also, he made the sun, he made the moon, and he made the stars. They, that's stability. How I many know man can't mess with those? <laughs> he would if he could. That's why he's going into space. So we can go up there and change some things around. You can't. They're stable. They're fixed. And because of that, we have a confidence. You know, they could have not gone to the moon if things had not been set in stability. Because the stars and the planets are set in stability. And because of that, you can navigate and begin to have a safe journey. And this is what they figured out, the mariners. Man, if we begin to navigate by the stars, these are fixed points. They're stable. We can have a safe journey. So stability is very important. So when we understand that, we can begin to navigate life in a proper way. So the stars are there. Think about this. The stars are there. We've had famines. We've had natural disasters. We've had atomic war. Now, just tremendous things have happened. But yet the stars are still there fixed. Yes. <laughs> fixed. Stable. Because God is all about stability. Hallelujah. If the internet were to go down today. And uh, you could no longer navigate uh, by uh, satellite. And uh, you had to begin to trust and to travel again. You'd have to use the stars again. In the year 2022, the stars are still fixed. Uh, and we can navigate properly by them. Amen. So when we view stability as a bad thing, it just leads us into insanity. When Moses came down from the Mount Sinai, 
He's up 40 days and 40 nights. He comes down, he's got the law of God. And when he begins to deliver that law to the people, uh, see how we view stability matters. And some of them, uh, they weren't into this law stuff. Uh, what do you mean, Moses? Uh, you know, uh, all these commandments, all these restrictions uh, you're putting on our lives, amen. And they didn't want to abide by that. And we know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. It brought great uh, destruction to the relationship with God. See, I mean, no history is supposed to instruct us. But if we don't know our history, how can it instruct us? Today, people aren't being taught the history of humanity's relationship with God. They aren't being taught the history of even of a nation. And so if you don't know history, how can it instruct you? And what it does is it opens us up to being deceived again by the enemy that stability is a bad thing for society. What do you mean a man always has to be a man? That's stable, that's old stuff, man. Stability, when you remove it, it invites dark things into society. As we spoke about Genesis 4 and 8, And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. When you remove stability, this is the result. Hallelujah. When what God has been established is removed, it brings dark things into society. So let's look at the truth. Let's lock that truth into our minds. When you remove stability, dark things happen. Let's talk secondly about our responsibility in life. In our text in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, it says that you have received, you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So this brings us to our first responsibility, which is we have the scriptures to bring out to us, and that is we must receive Jesus. Hallelujah. To receive something means that something is given to you. Now here's the beauty of God. God didn't make us find him because he knew we were so dense, we would never find him. Amen. Well, we're looking in the wrong place. They're looking for God, and they're looking at a golden calf. These be our gods, O Israel. No. God says, if I, listen, if I make them find me, they'll never make it. So, to receive means a gift is being given to us. Amen. So, God is saying, I'm going to give you, amen, the means of salvation. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. For by grace you are saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works as any man should boast. And he says that our salvation, the very thing that is saving our soul was not something that we even figured out. It was a gift that was given to us. God says, you never, listen, he's been looking for me for 30 years. Uh, he hasn't found me yet. Uh, I've got to give him something. And so the gift is given. Uh, this redemption uh, in Jesus Christ is not something that we figured out. He says that no man can boast. Nobody's going to be able to come before the throne of God on judgment day. He says, hey, I figured it out. I appreciate you trying to help me, God, but I figured it out before you did. No one can say that. 
No one's going to be able to say, I made it to heaven on my own merits. I'm such a good person. He says, no. It is the gift of God that you and I came to know Jesus Christ. It wasn't that we figured out. It was that God finally was able to get us to receive. The, you have to receive the gift. How many know somebody, when someone gives you a gift at Christmas time, if you don't receive it, then the gift is not yours. So he says it is the gift of God. Our personal responsibility isn't to find Jesus, but to receive him. Amen. See, if it's left to you and I, we'll look in all the wrong places. How the song goes, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in all the wrong faces. That's, more, that's man's history. He's looking for God in all the wrong places. Lord, are you down there? No, no, no. He's up there. We're looking in the wrong place. John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. As to many as received him, here begins this thought of this gift being given. See, our responsibility is to receive, as the Bible says, before Jesus returns, everyone will have heard the gospel. Then we preach everywhere. People say, what about the tribes? And they're going to hear Everyone's going to hear. And our job, our responsibility is to receive it. Amen. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went, uh, they that he entered, this is Jesus, entered into this certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him, into her house. See, our responsibility is to receive Jesus. <laughs> God has provided the gift of, on that day, amen, in Bethlehem of Judea. Amen. He, he, he makes known to the shepherds, hey, today unto you a good tidings. God has given us salvation. Your job is simply to receive it. The gift of God this morning is our responsibility to receive that gift into our lives. I said Mary received Jesus into her home. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, sometimes the problem with Christians is they want God at church, but they don't want to bring him home. <laughs> hey, we don't buy no worship you in church, God, but once, once we lock the church up, we want you to stay there in the box. And we'll be back next week. But we don't want you coming home with us. We don't want you to come into our house because how we live where you might. said Mary's received Jesus into her house. All right. Come on in, Lord. I'm receiving you. See, our job, our responsibility isn't to find Jesus, it's to receive him. Because Jesus is going to make himself available to everybody. How many understand that? He makes himself available to everyone. But not everyone receives him, amen. John 1.11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. So here is the point. Our responsibility is to receive the gift of God. But by the same token, we can reject that. And we're not going to have the stability that we need to have a victorious life. 
So as many as received him, he gave the ability. Mary receives him into her home, but some received him not. And the result is an unstable world. It was God that gave his son to die for our sins. He established this truth, and what God establishes brings stability. Because that's, that's how he works. Everything he establishes has stability to it. Amen? This is why when a sinner gives their life to Jesus, there is a radical change seen in their lives. We go from unstable to stability. And people look and say, man, what happened to you? <laughs> you used to be, you know, you were totally unstable, und undependable, but now look at you. What happened to you? I received the gift. I received Jesus Christ, and whoever receives him, they're taking instability to now the life that we live is totally different because it's based on stability. When there's instability, we'll get involved in all kinds of insanity. But when stability comes, when we're founded upon that rock, Christ Jesus, amen, the testimony of our life speaks, something has happened here. They were once unstable, now they're stable, amen. That's the fruit of trusting God. Our lives are testimony that speak loudly of stability. You can count on them, man. They're, they're Christians, man. They're born again, man. Their lives have stability to it. Amen. Luke chapter 19, verses 8 and 9. The story when Jesus is passing through town. Zacchaeus has climbed the tree. He wants to see Z uh, Jesus. Zacchaeus, he's a, uh, he's a tax collector. I mean, no, nobody likes a tax collector. Not back then, not even now. Amen. And so uh, he's climbing up the tree. Uh, he's too short. He can't see. And nobody's trying to help him. Zacchaeus climbs up the tree. And uh, Jesus is coming by. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I must come to your house today. I want to I wanna sup with you. See, receiving him. Zacchaeus could have said, well, Jesus, you know what? Why don't we meet at the synagogue? I don't want you to come to my house. I probably got some stolen cash there. And so why don't we just meet someplace, a neutral place? No, he received Jesus into his house. Jesus goes there. He's having a meal with him, sitting down with him. And in the midst of that, the Bible says in Luke 19, verses 8 and 9, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto them, This day is salvation come to the house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. Stability causes us to do what is right. Now think of the amazement of people you know, Zacchaeus, he's a tax collector. He's probably well-known. He's ripping off people big time. Got a reputation. And maybe some of those folks were seated in his house, and, and they're there eating, and they, they hear Zacchaeus stand up and say, Lord, if I ripped off anyone, and they know he does, he, he's done it, I'm going to restore to them fourfold. And what? You hear what the tax, the, ta the tax man said he's going to give us back money? Oh, glory to God. Something was that Jesus said, yes, something happened. Salvation has come. 
Stability is God. See, stability makes us do what is right. Exactly, <clears throat> says, I'm going to do what is right. This is the fruit of stability. So it is our responsibility not to disregard the word of God, but to receive it. And it changes how we deal with one. How many know? If everybody would receive Jesus, the world would be a radically different place. Amen. Imagine if everybody in Pittsburgh got saved. Amen. Amen. If everybody got saved and was transformed like Zacchaeus, <clears throat> radical change, stability now. Trust in God. How many know the city would be a different place? You know, they're talking about defunding the police. If everybody got saved, how many know you wouldn't need police? And so stability brings a confidence. And this is why the devil is trying to bring instability. He doesn't want anyone to have confidence in God. Because without that, chaos resumes in all societies. In our text in verse 8... As Paul is writing, he says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And he's addressing this issue of instability. <clears throat> in other words, the philosophies of man bring in instability. The philosophies of men undermine the stability of God. Even oftentimes, he says, even the traditions of men sometimes can begin to undermine what God wants for us. See, just as the serpent deceived Adam and Eve, that same spirit is at work today. How I many you know they didn't, have a, they didn't have a funeral for the serpent? Why? Because he's still alive. That spirit is still at work and the earth today, amen, telling people they don't have to live according to the Bible. That's the same speech he gave Adam and Eve. You don't have to listen to God. He's just hindering you for, for, from experiencing the fullness of life. Oh, sounds so nice. It's the same lying demon. Telling people they don't have to live according to the Bible. And the result <clears throat> is the same thing. History repeats itself. Amen. They removed that uh, restrict that uh, uh, stability in the garden, and the first thing that happened was a murder. I mean, in our cities, murder is rampant. It's the same spirit at work. Instability brings chaos. We're the most educated society in history, yet the most unstable. <laughs> Got all the books, technology, all of, but the most unstable. People don't even know who they are. I mean, that's pretty unstable. When you think that you're, 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 you're something that you're not, when you think you're a different gender, that's lots of instability. So instability <clears throat> can cause conditions that they call, you know, gender dysphoria. 
I don't know if I'm a man, I don't know if I'm a woman, I don't know what I am. I don't know if I'm a cat, maybe I'm a dog, maybe I'm an elephant, amen. But I don't know what I am. I don't know if I'm human. I mean, no, that's instability. But that's where we're at. We don't know what's up, we don't know what's down. We don't know what's black and we don't know what's white. We are filled with indecision and instability. Our responsibility is to receive Christ and then, listen, continue in his word. Continue. See, if Adam and Eve would have continued in God's word, no problem. If the people, when they came out of Egypt, would have continued in, in the word that God was giving them, it would have been no problem. But the Bible says many of their carcasses fell in the wilderness, right? They never made it to the promised land because they did not continue in his word. Jesus put it this way. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. See, we have to continue in stability. I mean, the moment we cast off uh, stability, instability will fill the void. And we'll go off the rails. Let's look finally at stability, uh, stable faith. This is what we want to get down to this morning. Stable faith. There are two kinds of faith. And in our text it says uh, it will be rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. Paul understands, and you and I need to understand this morning, that all of life boils down to the issue of faith. This is what's going to make a difference. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without what? Faith. So all of the devil's strategy is aimed at at defeating the faith of men and women. And as I said, there are two types of faith. There's stable faith, and there's unstable faith. We're going to have, see Paul is writing, he's admonishing them that their faith be a faith that is rooted and built up in Christ. He's talking about a stable faith. Because you can have unstable faith. Amen. Jesus wants us to be rooted and built up. That word rooted in the text is the Greek word that has the meaning of it. It says to cause a person or a thing to be thoroughly grounded. Hallelujah. To be thoroughly grounded. Stable faith, listen, is faith that remains pointed at Jesus no matter what happens. Unstable faith is faith that will point at other things in the times of great trial and tribulation. The Bible draws a very clear, interesting picture of this two types of faith. Jesus is crucified. He's laid in the tomb. They see all his followers see all of this going down. Uh, they know what he's preached, amen, that he's going to rise on the third day. But this is a very tragic scene, a very traumatic time. They watch the Lord march down the Via Dolorosa. They see him uh, uh, scourged. They see him nailed to a cross. His side pierced. The blood and water runs out. And now they have to look at the scenario of life. Here's the one we trusted in. What is our faith going to do now? Matthew 28 verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, 
came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And then we read in Luke 24, 13, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. Here's this day after the, uh, the, 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 the day that Christ is supposed to rise from the dead. It was the picture of two-faced. On the one hand is Mary Magdalene and the other is... A, and they're going toward the sepulcher. They're going towards Jesus. And on the other hand, we have the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And they're going away from where Jesus is. See, both of their faith were challenged as they're watching the Lord be crucified, dying for their sins. They didn't fully understand that at the time. But both of their faith were challenged by the same issue. And on the one hand, some are going towards Jesus. And on the other hand, some are going away from Jesus because there's stable faith and unstable faith. Some people have faith to believe as long as things are going good. Amen. But the moment things happen, they didn't expect them, they don't like, all of a sudden, they're going the other way. Well, I thought Jesus was the one, but I guess maybe I should go down to the fortune teller and get my palm read. I want a different mess, I want some good news. See, stable faith says, man, this was hard, this was difficult, this was traumatic, but I'm still going to go toward Jesus. Amen. I'm still pointing toward him because stable faith, listen, is the only faith that will preserve us in the end. The devil is always trying to undermine our faith. He doesn't mind if you have faith. He just doesn't want you to have stable faith. He wants you to have conditional faith. He wants you to have seasonal faith. He wants you to have faith that is not rock steady. But as Paul is writing to the, the church in Colossae, he's saying your faith has to be rooted and grounded in Jesus. <laughs> A faith that is unshakable. A faith that is not built on circumstances. See, the devil would love to remove the stability of our faith and then hit us with a hard shot. And I've seen it over the years, people, amen, their faith became unstable and today they're not serving God. They've gone back into the world. They're being devoured by darkness all because their faith was not rooted and grounded. See, what Paul is saying is we have to trust that Jesus can do what he said he can do. <laughs> if you remove that, your faith becomes unstable. And it is not based on what happens to us in this life. I mean, no, life is not fair. If you figured it out yet, uh, uh, take a course. Uh, uh, life is not fair. It's not going to be fair. I don't care why we need a new government. Listen, it doesn't matter who's in power. Life is not going to be fair. Because man is a fallen nature. And those who say, oh, well, we get into power, we're going to help the people. They get into power and they help themselves to what the people have, amen? Because that's the nature of man. Our faith has to be God. doesn't matter what happens in this life. I'm going to trust you. You're stable, God. You're, listen, God, you don't have an identity crisis. God knows who who's he is, doesn't he? He knows his gender. He knows everything. And he, he's, not, he's not sweet. He's stable. 
Paul is saying, this is where your faith has to be. I'm going to close with this anonymous poem. It says, the winds, not always at our back. The sky is not always blue. Sometimes we crave the things we lack and don't know what to do. Sometimes life's an uphill ride with mountains we must climb. At times the river's deep and wide and crossing takes some time. No one said that life is easy. There are no guarantees. So trust in the Lord continually on calm or stormy seas. Challenges we face today prepare us for tomorrow. For faith takes our fears away and peace replaces sorrow. Amen. Faith. He says faith, amen, replaces fear. Sorrow. That's why the devil doesn't want you to have faith. He wants you to have turmoil. doesn't want you to have peace, turmoil, amen, and fear. But Paul is saying if we have stable faith, we will have the victory. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment in the house of God. If you're watching online this morning, bow your heads as well. Two kinds of faith this morning, stable and unstable. And as Christians, we have to decide what kind of faith we're going to have. Rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. In other words, our confidence is not in our ability. Our confidence is not in the fairness of life. Our confidence is in what God has said. The Bible says that all those who called on His name, He gave the power to become the sons of God. In other words, you can have a relationship with your Creator through Jesus Christ. Even this morning, you're not a Christian. You're not born again. You've never given your life to Jesus. Amen. You have no stability. You're up, down, you're everywhere. Your life's a mess. But this morning, you can lay a hold of stability by receiving Jesus Christ into your life. If you would like to do that, you've never given your life to Jesus. Simply lift your hands and say, that's me. I need Jesus. I need a miracle. Or maybe this morning, you knew Christ and you've slid away man your your faith was unstable and you realized this morning you made some decisions that were based on unstable faith but you want to rededicate your heart this morning lift your hand as well say that's me I need God's miracle grace in my life I need Jesus hallelujah talking to the people of God this morning you and I have to build a faith that is unshakable unmovable it has to be in Christ, not based on circumstance, not based on situations, but based on what God has said. And he says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. That's the confidence of our lives this morning. Hallelujah. Let's all stand this morning. If you want to pray this morning, maybe you want to talk to God about the need of your heart. You come this morning if you're at home and you're not a Christian, but you would like to be, I want to lead you in a prayer of faith. You can begin to have stability in your life. If that's you this morning, you simply repeat this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I'm tired of the instability in my life. I'm asking you to forgive me and to receive me into your 
your kingdom. And I receive you into my heart this morning as my personal Savior. I believe that you died for me on the cross and that you paid the price for my sin. And I believe that your resurrection from the dead validates the fact that I can start my life over and that I can have eternal life in you. Oh, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. And I pray this in Jesus' name.